0: don't underestimate the need of the market don't underestimate the needs of your existing network and make sure that you are listening right so you look at things like pat flynn and his book uh, will it fly for example doing a lot of research about what the market needs but then when the market starts telling you something
1: make sure that you're listening From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on Going Solo, I'm speaking with the founder of the Leadership Project, Mick Spears. To start his own business, Mick leveraged his experience launching startups for other companies. His own business is now off to a great start. Stay with us to hear all the details. Mick shares how effective cohort-based learning can be. We know the benefits of peer support. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Mick Spears. Mick is the founder and principal of The Leadership Project and the host of The Leadership Project podcast. His vision is to inspire all leaders to challenge status and to have people stop, reflect and rethink what it means to be a leader. His mission is to empower leaders with all of the tools and skills they need to create amazing teams and workspaces. Mick, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, David. It's absolutely wonderful to be here and to be talking with you and your audience today.
1: Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your career.
0: Yeah, sure. So I had a a long career in industry, let's say in the corporate world, spent 15 years in aerospace, so in mostly the defense sector of aerospace, everything from helicopters through to flight simulators, uh, et cetera. It was wonderful, a lot of fun. And then something happened where I was, I was working for a company that also worked in urban mobility, so I did a pivot and worked in the urban mobility area for also 15 years. So I'm going to call that was my my second career, if you like, my second awakening where I discovered this world of mobility, where I had a vision, where I wanted to create a world where people could move freely around their cities without delays, without congestion, and ultimately without stress. And that stress is going to become really important for the next thing I'm going to say. So I spent all of this time, 15 years of my life, working on how can I de-stress the way people commute to and from work? And Over a series of awakenings, it came clear to me that the stressful part was the bit that they were spending in those four walls. That people were spending up to one-third of their life in workplaces that either didn't inspire them or worse still stressed them out. So what really drives me, David, still today is to make people's lives less stressful. But now I've pivoted to focus on leadership. And helping leaders to create those amazing teams and those amazing workspaces where people can fall back in love with their jobs again, and they can less spend less time being completely stressed out in their workspace. So I've now pivoted I've gone out on my own. I started the leadership project as a podcast one year ago and as a business three months ago. So I can do exactly that.
1: And why did you decide to go out on your own? as opposed to doing it either within a company or maybe get a new job?
0: Oh, that's a great question. So the inspiration, the initial inspiration, if you like, is that you know reading a lot of research around organizations like ATD and Gallup were showing me that only 16% of people truly love their job and like their boss. And then I went, okay, so where do these problems come in? And I started looking at things like how leadership development is done. And I was looking at things like, and I I went through some of these myself and some of them were very good and some of them were very bad. People getting sent off on leadership retreats for five days and expecting that they're going to come back as a transformed leader and exactly nothing changes. They go back there about their job because they've been on this retreat where they've gone for five days, got bombarded with all kinds of leadership uh, information and rhetoric and go, okay, this is what it takes to be a leader. Now off you go. And they just go back to their day jobs. So I decided that we needed to flip leadership development on its head. We needed to look at new methods, new proven methods on how people learn and how they put it into applied learning. Not just I went on a course and it was fun and I learned something interesting. I actually applied it. So by going on my own way, I'm rethinking and redesigning the way leadership development is done. We use collaborative or social learning techniques. We use micro learning and we use gamification to make the learning richer, to make it more transformative, because we put our students into a reflective state where really we're not teaching them leadership, we're helping them discover the leader that's within them. And then by using the micro learning, they then immediately put it into practice. So the way we do that is we use learning labs where there is this kind of journey of discovery where they're learning new things. But then we have practical labs at the end of each module where they're physically going and putting it into practice immediately before they forget anything. And they're putting it into practice in a way that suits them. So the reason why I didn't just go, oh, I could go and join any other leadership academy and go and join the many people that deliver, say, traditional leadership development programs, I just found it wasn't working and we needed to rethink.
1: Mick, had you ever been an entrepreneur before this?
0: An entrepreneur many times, not an entrepreneur. So this is my first time running my own business. I've started, I think I counted it at one point, seven businesses for other people and always very successfully. Very good at launch, very good at that initial growth. Not great at kind of steady state running, and terrible at shutting down businesses, right? So so there's a different need for a different leader at a different stage of any kind of business. And I'm very good at that kind of early stage and the, and the growth phase of a business. So I've started seven businesses for other people. This is my first time doing it myself.
1: And how did you feel about starting your own versus starting one for other people?
0: I would, yeah, I'd have to admit that there was always those kind of thoughts that you get in your head going, okay, this is my money now. This is... My capital that I'm putting on the line, I'm employing, I've got a small team of six people. I'm employing people where I'm responsible for their income and making sure that they can put a roof over their family's head and food on the table, et cetera. But all of that was overcome by the reward that I could see. And I'm not talking about financial reward. My business plan stacks up. I'm happy with where that's all going. It was the joy and fulfillment that I'm getting every day by doing something where I know I'm making an impact on people's lives. So the the reward well and truly outweighed the risk, but I have to say that of course those thoughts came into my head when I was starting.
1: And once you actually stepped away from employment and got into your business, did you feel the same way or were the emotions different once it was reality?
0: Yeah, quite different, uh, David. So I got very quickly immersed, all right? So, and getting that joy and fulfillment every day, I find, I find myself in a flow state every single day because I'm doing something that I believe in, and that it's this passion that just keeps on driving me to do what I do. People probably look at it, and you, with your show, I'm sure you've heard this at least a hundred times, maybe a thousand times, David. People that leave a job because they're working sixty or eighty hours uh, for a corporate or whatever, and then all of a sudden find themselves working 80 to 100 hours on their own gig, right? And it feels a little bit like that sometimes because I've got so much on, but it never feels like it. At the end of a week, I might've worked 80 hours, but it never felt like I worked 80 hours because it felt like I was making a difference every single day. So yes, it does feel different, but it feels different in a good way.
1: Mick, what surprised you about some things that have happened in your business that you didn't expect?
0: Yeah, that's a There's multiple and I'll try and classify them in in a single way in the end. I did a lot of research, David. So I did a lot of research on who my avatar would be, who would be my target audience that I need to address with this and what would be the solutions and the products and the services that I'd be bringing to the table that would meet that avatar's need. And what's happened since is the people that have been attracted to the business have been adjacent to that avatar. We've had a few that have been identical to the avatar, but there's been some that came knocking on the door going, oh, I would like to be part of this. So for example, we originally targeted first-time leaders. We thought that was where we should start. But most of our clients now, people that have been leaders for 7, 10, 12, 15 years. So we slightly misread who would be interested in what we've got to say, which is fine. And now we address that as we progress. The second one would also be one of our products, for example, is to help businesses to form high performance teams. And we thought it would be businesses that want to start high performance teams from scratch. But what it turns out is the market need is when a team has already been together for two, three or four years and fractures start to appear in their relationships. It's the remediation work. How do you get a team back to high performance rather than building it from scratch. So we need to listen when the market is telling you something slightly different to what you intended in both of those cases. And then the third one to bring it all together, I completely underestimated my warm network. So I spent a lot of time building marketing strategies about how I'm going to get my brand and what we stand for out to a cold network getting people to know, like, and trust us so that they'll do business with us going forward to people that have never heard of us before. 100% of my business today, David, comes from people that are already new, people that I've known for sometimes 20 years who come knocking on the door. Once you tell them and you be vocal and say, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it, you get knocks on the door from people that you haven't heard of for several years. And that's where all of my business is coming from. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop on the marketing to the cold network because I know that that'll be our future growth strategy. But in those initial phases, I completely underestimated how important it is to go to your existing network and tell them what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you'd be surprised how many of them either want the service themselves or they know someone who needs your help. And it turns into this massive uh, referral network. So anyone in your audience that's about to launch their own thing Start where you are, start with your existing network, and then you'll build the cold network over a longer period of time.
1: You know, it's interesting that you say that, Mick, because one of the things that I have heard over and over again from podcast guests and others that I speak to in this space when they go from employment to consulting, their first client very frequently was their last employer, even if their job was terminated. Yeah right. And I tell this to people because if you've been in a job for a long time and all of a sudden you walk into your office and instead of being greeted by your coworkers and/ or your boss the way you usually are, somebody is making an appointment for you to see HR with your boss. And it's never a pleasant discussion, and the result is often a lot of anger and frustration. And you very often will want to point that anger towards your employer. And while you may be angry, if you want to get a consulting business going and you believe that your employer still needs at least a portion of the work performed that you were doing, it's in your best interest to maintain a good relationship during that discussion and immediately start talking about, how you might be able to help them in a consulting arrangement.
0: Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice. It requires some emotional awareness at that time, some emotional intelligence to be aware of the emotions that you will feel because they'll be inevitable. You're a human being. But to then have a a response to that emotion, not a reaction. So everyone says, you know, don't burn bridges, right? Because you never know what is just around the corner. I think that's right. wonderful advice. And if you're if you're able to be mindful enough to do exactly what you just said, David, to be able to instantly turn it into, okay, we're parting ways right now, but what other ways can I help you? I think that's not easy, but I think if you do that, it's going to pay a huge rewards. Right. right.
1: I and mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't process your emotions. You will need a place to process your emotions. It's just that venting your anger towards your employer may not be the most practical way to put food on the table.
0: Yeah, correct. <laughs> and and there's a mental health aspect of that as well, David. So having a good outlet where you can vent if you are going through something emotional, absolutely, that's a healthy thing. But holding on to that anger for a long time doesn't serve you anyway. Doesn't hurt. doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the person that you're getting angry with. So
1: Yeah. So going back to your business, Mick, can you talk a little bit about your business model?
0: Yeah, sure. So there's... I'm going to say three plus avenues to our business. But the first one is coaching. So we're ICF certified uh, coaches where we do one-on-one coaching and group coaching. The group coaching will start later this year and we're quite excited about that service and product as well. But one-on-one coaching to help someone take their leadership to the next level. Very transformative approach that helps them to become a greater leader and, and through that journey of discovery. The second one is the Education, the Leadership Academy. So we've got the TLP Leadership Academy. We've already launched our first flagship course, which is called the Gateway to High Performance Leadership. It's an eight-module course that goes over eight weeks where they go through these learning labs and practical labs that I'm talking about topic by topic. So they put it into applied learning immediately instead of going on a five-day retreat and and really nothing happens. So we've got our Leadership Academy with one program so far, but there will be more individual unit programs coming up. Funnily enough, our next course is going to be on emotional intelligence for leaders as an example. And then the third one is the business to business side, which is that part about forming high performance teams. But as mentioned, the market needs turns out to be to remediate teams that have started to fracture. So we have our third part, which is the workshops. When I said plus, there's a few other things that we that we do as well. We do public speaking, we can do uh, conferences, keynote speaker uh, keynote speaking, etc. And I've got my book coming out uh, later this month as well. So we'll also have our publishing side, where we're trying to get our message out there to as many people as we can through the written word as well. So three plus parts of our business.
1: And in terms of the delivery of your services, is is your model for it to be primarily you or is your model one of building a team of service providers?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So our scaling approach is going to be through certified faculty. I'll be open and say I'm nervous about that because I've seen some examples where that didn't go well. I'm trying to think whether I should be so specific or not. But you see examples where there's an incredible founder with a fountain of knowledge with charisma, the ability to deliver and all this kind of stuff. And they end up running certification programs where you go on a, once again, a three-day program and you get certified as a XYZ certified practitioner. You can't learn these things in three days, right? So our future faculty, which is important for our growth, needs to be people that believe the things that we believe, that believe in the transformative approach to education not going on a three-day course and going, oh, I'm now a leadership project certified practitioner and off I go for two reasons. One, it's not going to have the impact that we want and two, it's going to impact our brand if people go off and they have not fully embraced the methods that we use, right? The, the content, yeah. I mean, we're proud of our content. You could take all of our PowerPoint slides and go and do a wonderful presentation It's not about presentation, it's about transformation. So learning these techniques about how you draw the best out of the students and take the the students on this journey of discovery where they discover themselves as a leader. They don't get taught leadership, they discover themselves as a leader. And that's what takes a different skill set and a different mindset. So yes, we will be scaling, but we'll be scaling progressively and carefully.
1: And Mick, given what you said earlier about your own skill set being really strong at launching something, where do you see your role personally once the business hopefully gets to some future level of growth?
0: Oh, that is a wonderful question. And and now I'm I'm actually picturing uh, future applications for some roles that I know now. My team listening to this might be very surprised to hear this, but I know this already, right? So I I see myself in the future still being the founder, the person that always started this, still being the principal because of my ability to embody the methods that we're, that we're using to get this impact that we're achieving. Being the CVO, so the Chief Visionary Officer, because I have a clear vision of the world that we're trying to create. But I 100% expect that some way down the track, I'm going to be employing absolutely a COO, probably a CEO. All of the things that I know are my blind spot as a leader because I've got enough self-awareness to know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. I'm going to bring people around me that are excellent, excellent operators, that are excellent at process. I'm not good at process, right? So to be able to scale this, we need to be able to have some kind of process uh, manifestation. So I'll be holding on to the vision for sure, holding on to that founder, that principle. But I do not intend to be the long and long-term CEO or COO of this uh, of this company.
1: That's actually a lot of uh, a lot of self awareness, Mick.
0: Yeah, thanks, David. Yeah, I've learned that over time. And if you don't learn from your mistakes, you don't progress, right? So.
1: That is true. Is there anything else that um, that I haven't asked you that you wanted to mention?
0: Yes, I would, I would say to your audience. Don't underestimate, once again, the need of the market. Don't underestimate the needs of your existing network and make sure that you are listening, right? So you look at things like Pat Flynn and his book, uh, Will It Fly, for example, doing a lot of research about what the market needs. But then when the market starts telling you something, make sure that you're listening. Now, that doesn't mean that you change your strategy every day, but don't be belligerent and don't put your head in the sand if the market is telling you, oh, yeah, that's really good, Mick, but mm, my need is slightly over here. So listen to the market every day and make sure that you're delivering a service that they need, but that is aligned to your vision of what you're trying to create.
1: Yeah, that is really sound advice. Mick, we've covered a lot of territory today. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access any of the resources that you have, where would be the best place for them to go? Yeah.
0: So we're quite active on all social. So uh, on LinkedIn, very active there. We have a Facebook community group as well, which keeps the conversation going around leadership. We've got a YouTube channel, etc. But the best way to get access to all of that is to come to our website, which is uh, www.mixbears.com. And there you'll be able to get access to all of this, all of our social media, all of our thought leadership that we do in the leadership space. And you'll also be able to get access to our services. So you'll be able to go there and find our flagship program, the gateway to high performance leadership. And we are taking enrollments now or applications, I should say, for our next cohort for that program. You'll be able to get access to our certified coaching uh, programs with ICF certified coaches and be able to access our, our business to business workshops. If you're in an organization that's looking to form or reform high-performance teams uh, that we're ready to go there as well. We've got some wonderful resources there that you can download. Uh, one of the things that I've practiced for 13 years, David, is the practice of daily self-reflection. So on our website, mixbeers.com, you can download our Leadership Project Self-Reflection Journal and it teaches you how to use self-reflection every day to improve your leadership and involves asking the same five questions every day. Uh, what went well today? what didn't go well today, what would you do differently if you had your time over again, what did you learn about others today and what did you learn about yourself. There's more to it in the journal and it takes you through the process of how to put that into a daily habit but we've got resources like that that you can download and put into immediate effect to start improving your your leadership and of course we'd love to hear from anyone that would like to be part of our future programs. In fact, I'll say right now, David, um, if anyone mentions the Going Solo podcast when they reach out to us to come on our signature course, we would be very happy to offer a 10% discount to anyone that does uh, do so and enrolls in in our program.
1: Well, thank you for that, Mick. And um, yeah, I encourage everyone to go check out all these resources. uh, There's a lot of stuff there. Great. Mick, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share a little bit about your own career history, what you're up to, your insights on leadership. My guest today has been the founder of the Leadership Project, Mick Spears. Thank you again, Mick, for joining us.
0: Thank you, David, and thank you for the work that you do for a lot of people that are out there that do make substantial career changes into going solo. You're doing a wonderful job and I uh, want to thank you on behalf of everyone that goes through that.
1: Thank you so much, Mick. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Mick shared how effective cohort based learning can be. We know the benefits of peer support. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms. Doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.